Welcome to the One Crossing Podcast. Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message. Every day for me starts out a lot like probably, hopefully, every day for you. Uh, The alarm goes off, I hit snooze. The second alarm goes off, I hit snooze. Then I have two different alarms that are doing their own non-synchronated snooze till eventually I can't handle it anymore. I get up, take a shower, brush my teeth. We're a church for people who don't shower in the morning for now, but I believe that you gotta start every day off with a good shower, brush your teeth. In fact, that's the way every day starts out for me all the time. And most days end the exact same way for me. I go in, I take a shower. I don't know why I need to take a shower in the morning if I take a shower at night. It's because I just, I'm a big boy. Need a lot of water, a lot of soap, okay? And in between that, uh, my day goes a lot like your day. And it's amazing to me how many of my days kind of blend into all of my other days. It's amazing how long uh, or how short of a time it takes for me to find myself in a rut, for me to find myself in an awful lot of monotony. If you've had to deal with quarantine during this uh, past seven, eight months of this, you know how quick you can just find yourself in a, a rut. But then there's moments that you wake up just like you wake up every day, but you do something different on that day that changes all the days after that day. In August of 2009, I did something on that day that I had never done before. I took uh, my girlfriend at the time, Jennifer, and uh, we went and hung out with some, uh, some friends. And earlier that day, I'd gotten together with a bunch of friends at the church in Macomb and in, uh, votive candles with sand at the bottom and uh, white sacks, I spelled out, will you marry me in the church parking lot? And then after we'd done uh, hanging out with friends, I took her out to uh, an airport and I went on the first plane ride where I didn't go anywhere. (laughs) I just got in a plane and then landed right back where I started. But in that plane ride, we went up and we looked over the sprawling, gorgeous landscape that is Macomb and just uh, took in the scenic skyline that is the two-story buildings of Macomb. And then when we got close to the church, he banked the plane and Jennifer in huge letters spelled out in the parking lot was, will you marry me? And on October 23rd, 2009, 11 years ago this week, she made the dumbest decision she could have ever made. She said yes, to marrying me. It started out like just a normal day, but that day we both did something different that has changed all the other days. And that happens every time you and I decide that we're gonna step out of the mundane and into the miraculous. Now what I wanna do at all of our locations, uh, online, uh, every single spot, wherever you're joining from, this sermon series is designed to get us beyond beyond ourselves and closer to God, to give us the opportunity to touch heaven. I wanna tell you a story. It's a story that many of you probably already know. It's found 
In John chapter six, this is how the story starts. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. If you hop on Google Earth, you can type this in and it will take you to a very real uh, sea in Israel. Because it's important for us to remember Jesus was a real person who walked planet Earth. You can go, Jennifer and I, we've stayed on the Sea of Galilee. I've put my foot in that. I actually went on a boat ride and I think I got some ice cream, okay? It is a very real place. Jesus crossed to the far uh, shore of the Sea of Galilee and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. So there is a huge group of people and they are chasing after Jesus. Why are they chasing after Jesus? Because they want something. They wanna know who is this Jesus that heals people. And then John adds in this little editorial note, this is the Jewish Passover festival was near. This marks the transition from Jesus's second year of ministry to his third. A year from now, during this very same season, Jesus will die on the cross. He died during Passover. All the people were gathering together. It would be similar to their 4th of July, a time for them all to celebrate, except it wasn't just a national holiday. It was a religious holiday. We're only in John chapter six, and we're already in to the last year of Jesus' life. No wonder John says if all the things that Jesus did were recorded, there wouldn't be enough books to fill it. So he's just given us the highlight reel, and what he's about to tell us is an unbelievable highlight. John chapter five or six, verses five through six. When Jesus looked up and saw the great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to everybody at all of our locations, what's that word? To test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Jesus got uh, a little wifey, right? Uh, it's like when my wife says, is that where uh, those dishes go? She's not asking me because she doesn't know. She's asking me because she wants to make sure that I know where the dishes go. If my wife asks me, do you remember what today is? She's not wanting me to pull out and actually find out what today is on the calendar. She's telling me, hey dummy, this day's supposed to be important. And my answer is always, of course I do. Yeah, it's a pretty big day, it's our anniversary, babe. Didn't forget, Amazon Prime, okay? It's in those moments when Jesus is setting up Philip to test him, here's why he's testing Philip. He wants to know what Philip believes about Jesus. Jesus already has in mind what he's getting ready to do. They've been traveling all day. The people are tired and they're hungry. And Jesus's heavenly ears, he can hear the soft grumblings of their stomachs. And so he uses this moment to test and to teach. Let's go on. John chapter six, verse seven, Philip answered him, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have one bite. Philip 
starts doing the math. Do you guys have a friend that does the math? Like they're on their Dave Ramsey plan. Like Philip starts going through his envelope system and he's looking for his food out budget and he pulls it up and then he pulls out his little calculator. He's like, Jesus, all these people just one bite six months wages. This is a lot. I mean, let me put it in perspective. Um, some of you guys, uh, you, you guys like math problems. So what he's saying is like one bite of food is the equivalent of six months or uh, half a year. Okay, now uh, some of you guys know this, but I'm, a, I'm not just a pastor here at The Crossing. Uh, I also pastor uh, a string of fast food restaurants uh, wherever I go. Uh, I'm the local drive-through pastor, willing to pray, just give me some food. And I, I frequent these places on a regular basis. And if, uh, if you wanted to just figure out what would it take to get everybody a happy meal? Let's just, let's just run the happy meal calculation on this. Well, there's a guy by the name of Matt Stoney. He's a competitive eater. And a couple years ago, he set the world record for eating the, a Happy Meal in the fastest time possible, 15.22 seconds. That is smoking fast. He did it in 22 bites. So if we were gonna give everybody on here a Happy Meal, how much is this actually gonna cost? Well, those of you guys who are math nerds, you're gonna go, okay, so one X, equals 0.5 times 22. Then you're gonna go one X equals 11, because 0.5 times 22 is 11. So then you're gonna go, okay, well, I gotta find out what X is, so I'm gonna leave X here, and I'm gonna move the one from over to here to 11. Oh, okay, you guys can do this. Now, 11-year salary just to get everybody in the room a Happy Meal. So uh, if you make 50,000 a year, if that's like the average, you know, whatever it is nowadays, I'm sure the politicians will say it's one or the other. That means that this meal was a half a million dollar meal just for everybody to get a happy meal. This is no small move. This is big time. I mean, I've never been at a half a meal or half a million dollar banquet, but if someone's throwing one, I'd love to show up and help eat the shrimp. Okay. Lots of cocktail sauce. Now, uh, so they're trying to figure out how to do this, and Philip's going, we don't have a half a million dollars, Jesus. Well, people are going to get hungry. But remember, Jesus already had in his mind what he was going to do. So John chapter uh, 6, verses 8 through 9. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a small boy with five loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? This is just one boy's lunch. This is just a Happy Meal. The disciples, they go out and they scour through all the crowd. And it seems like there's just one small boy who has that one soccer mom mom who's like, if you're gonna go out with your father and hang out with Jesus, you're gonna need some food. And so she puts him a little package together. Now, when you hear five loaves of bread, I don't want you to think those French baguettes that you get at Hy-Vee. Okay, that you slice in half, put on the panini press with some roast beef and some provolone cheese and some bell pepper. I'm just, if you were gonna make that tonight, that's how you do it. I'm not talking one of those. And I'm also not talking like a loaf of Wonder Bread. I'm talking like the top half of a hamburger bun. This was small. The fish, don't think gigantic largemouth bass, don't think an enormous trout. These were probably like pickled fish. John is a fisherman and he, he calls the fish small. Now ladies, you've married fishermen. How many times have you ever heard a fisherman refer to a fish as small, right? John's grown up in the water. He's saying these are small. 
There's no way to take this picture at the right angle with the camera. This thing's too small. The closest equivalent that you and I have would be sardines. This is like relish for the bread. John chapter six, verses 10. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and so they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. We don't know how many women. We don't know how many kids. We just know there was about 5,000 guys. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed it to those as, uh, who were seated as much as they wanted. And he did the same thing with the fish. Jesus takes this bread and this fish into his heavenly hands and then he turns his head towards heaven and he gives thanks to God for it. You wonder where we get the idea of praying before we eat. It's because we wanna thank God for the provision that he has already given us. Now, here is something interesting. Jesus is thanking God for what's in his hand, but what's in his hand is not much. However, even the smallest things, when they're placed in the hands of Jesus, can become so much more. John chapter six, verses 12 through 13. When they had all eaten enough, what? What? When they had all eaten enough. Ladies, how many times have you made a meal thinking that what you had made was going to be enough? only to find out that it was not. And you're trying to do that with a family of what? Four, five? Here's Jesus feeding 5,000 people out of a happy meal. And everybody, even uncle, you know, uh, Harry, who eats everybody's food, he's full, everybody's full. My skinny cousins are full, my fat nephews are full, everybody's full. Everybody's had enough to eat. Then, hold on, what? Look at this next one. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Jesus is showing off. Look what, the, gather the pieces that are left over, which is why we have leftovers. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled, everybody say that word. How many disciples did Jesus have? If Jesus was getting ready to teach people, if he was getting ready to test people about how big our God is, about how powerful our God is, what better lesson than taking a small meal, distributing it to everybody until everybody had what they wanted, and if that wasn't enough, make those same 12 disciples go out and pick up the leftovers like there's gonna be leftovers, Jesus. And then every person is carrying a bushel basket with more food in it in leftovers than they had to begin with. Jesus is showing off. After the prayer, something amazing happens. What could barely feed a small boy is now feeding entire families and communities. The Crossing has over 17,000 people that attend uh, over the course of a month. What happened on that day would have fed more than all of us combined if we were all to get together and have a meal out of a happy meal. Can you imagine being in that moment not only was there enough food for all the people, but there was more food left over than was started. 
and the disciples had to carry it back to Jesus. This is what I call land of sea moments. They don't always happen, but when they do, you never forget them. Some of you might be wondering, what do I mean when I talk about a land of sea moment? Uh, all of us, no matter who you are, you've all been given things. Every single one of you, you have stuff. Um, you have houses, you have cars, you have equipment, you have tools, you have talents, you have finances. And not only do all of us have these things at our disposal, God also gives each and every single one of us a choice. We can keep all that we have to ourselves, or we can take what we have and we can put it in God's hand and allow him to do what only he can do with it. But if you've never trusted God in this area, it can feel a bit scary to start giving what you have over to him. Uh, let me introduce you to, to Bart. Bart goes to church, loves to worship, serves in the kids' ministry, and he has a conversation with God. And maybe some of you, you've had this very same conversation with God. You're going, God, here I am at point A, and I've got to get to point B. And God, there's a lot of stuff I've got to navigate. I, I mean, I've got, a, I've got rent, I've got a car payment, I've got kids, I've got a wife, and she has an Amazon account, right? I've got, a, I've got a safe for retirement. I've got kids college. One of our kids wants to be in the band. I've got all of this stuff. And God, I'm gonna need 100% of what I have if I'm gonna make it from point A to point B. And he's going, there's no way that I can give back to you because if I'm gonna get from point A to point B and satisfy all of these things, it's gonna require all that I have. Now I want to introduce you to Art. Uh, Art, uh, like Bart, goes to church. In fact, they are best friends. They sit next to each other in church. Uh, he serves in the kids' ministry. He loves uh, the worship. And, and he also has a conversation with God. And he goes, God, here I am at point A, and I've got to get to point B. And God, I, I've, got, I've got rent. I've got a car payment. I've got kids. My wife has an Amazon account and she's a Sam's Club member. She's, I've got, I've got retirement I've got to think about. I've got college I've got to think about. I've got a, a kid who wants to be in band and a kid who wants to be in dance. How, but God, I'm gonna trust you. And when you say that you want me to give 10% back to you, I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna believe that you're gonna get me from point A to point B on 90% of what I make and I'm gonna give you 10% to the church. Now here is what you don't know about Art and Bart. Both of them think that the other one is crazy. If, you, if you're a Bart, if you're at one of our locations and you're a Bart, you're going, that is crazy. You're gonna try and get all the way from point A to point B on only 90% of what you have. You're going, you're nuts. And you're going, whew, wrong weekend to show up for church. And then, check this out, check this out. If you're an Art, you're going, you mean to tell me you're gonna get all the way from point A to point B without God being a part of the equation? And all the arts are going, Bart, you're crazy. Now, just stay with me. Here's what I've seen happen, and some of you, you've seen this happen too. People who trust God in this area, not only does God take them from point A to point B, 
But from time to time, he takes them to what I call the land of sea. We see this very thing happen in the story that we just read. The boy gives up his happy meal. It's not much, but it's what he needs to eat. He's going, I packed the lunch because I'm going to get hungry and I'm going to need something to eat, right? I've got to get from point A to point B and all I got, God, is this little happy meal. Now look what happens. He takes what he has and he does, he gives it all to God. He puts it in Jesus' hands, believing that God is gonna get him from point A to point B, that this isn't gonna kill him, that he's gonna survive this moment of trust. But Jesus does so much more than that. God not only takes him to point B, was the boy in the crowd? Did everybody in the crowd had all that they needed to eat? So did the boy get full? Yeah, the boy was completely full. But then God takes the boy to the land of sea where everybody around him had enough to eat and that there was more left over than what was originally given. Now, let me be clear. This is not a magical formula for how to accumulate wealth. This is not a, a process to say a couple prayers to guarantee prosperity because as Christians, we're not trying to become wealthy and we're not trying to be prosperous. We're just trying to be kingdom people. We're trying to be a light on a hill. We're trying to live differently. We're trying to glorify God. We don't give because we want God to triple it or quadruple it. We give to God because he calls us to it and we wanna be people who trust him. We give to Jesus because he asks us to. He says it's good for us to do it. And we give because we trust that God and through Jesus is never gonna leave us or forsake us. However, from time to time, God takes us beyond what we could ever imagine. He takes us to these land of sea moments. They don't just happen in the Bible, they happen around us each and every single day. I'm sure many of you at all of our different locations or online, you have a land of sea story. In fact, we created a website at our church. It's open right now. You can go to it after I'm done preaching because I want you to stay with me. It's called uh, thecrossing.net slash land of sea. And if you have one of these unbelievable land of sea stories, I want you to share that story on that website so that way we can post it and other people can read it and be blessed by it. And some of you who are going, man, I could just use a great pick-me-up and I'd like to learn about other people trusting God. I want you to go there and read through these stories. I was doing that earlier this week. I was reading through some of the stories that have been turned in. Uh, here's one that I found. It's from actually our 48th Street location. It's called An Unexpected Gift. This is what she says. I graduated from college with substantial amount of student loan debt. So for my entire adult life, finances have been a source of stress and anxiety. My husband and I got married two years after I graduated and committed to remaining faithful in our tithing to the church while also aggressively paying down our student loans. They were trusting God. They could have stopped tithing and taken all of that money and put it towards their student loans, which would be an aggressive way to pay it off. But they're going, you know what? I'm gonna to continue to trust God. It was really tough and disheartening at times. A few years into our marriage, The Crossing did an active prayer sermon series and my husband and I felt led to pray specifically about being able to pay uh, off the debt early. At the same time, neither of us was anticipating a salary increase or jobs or anything like that or some kind of financial gift. In fact, we had just committed to being even more generous. 
We were bringing a kid into our home and we decided to start supporting a child that was one of our mission partners. So if anything, finances were about to get tougher. After a couple months of diligent prayer, we were amazed at how God had answered our prayers. Two months after we began praying about diligently paying down our debt, we found out that the car that we owned was part of a lawsuit with the manufacturer and would result in a financial settlement without us, uh, which would allow us to buy a new vehicle without increasing any kind of financial burden to our family. We were thankful and we praised God that he had provided a way for us to move to, into a safer car while not accruing more debt. But then we were completely and unexpectedly gifted a brand new car from a family member. Within six months of us beginning to pray and trust God with our finances, not just by giving, but by believing that God could and would provide everything we needed, we had a more reliable and long-term car. And instead of taking the money that we got in the settlement and using it to buy a different vehicle, we were able to take that money and pay off all of my student debt. We didn't pray some secret special prayer or give a certain amount of money in order to receive a specific financial blessing from God. We just committed to believing that he would and he could provide for us, and Jesus did just that. Those are land of sea stories. Some of you, you have one of those stories about how God did something that only he could do. And if you are sitting on this side of the ledger, you're going, I want as many land of sea moments as I can possibly have where God steps in and he does something. Sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's personal. I had no idea that I would one day be giving to a church that would help me find my wife. I had no idea when I trusted God by going to Macomb that that is where my entire family would be drawn from. You never know how God is gonna use the steps of obedience and steps of faith that you take. I got a couple quick takeaways for you. Number one, a small step of faith can bring about big blessings. It wasn't much, but even small steps of faith are still steps of faith. And I know that right now, across all of our locations, there are many of you who there is a thing, there's something that you have not trusted God with. And what would happen if you were to just take one step today? That you would go beyond the mundane. Second one is what you can do with what's in your hands is nothing compared to what Jesus can do when you put it in his hands. And what's the thing that you've been holding on to, that you've been clinging to tightly, hoping that things would get different? And what do you think would happen if you were to take that very thing and put it in his hands? Oh, I've seen what Jesus can do, and there's no better place. Number three, distribution is greater than accumulation. People have never been blessed by your accumulation. They've always been blessed by your distribution. That's why the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Parents, you know this, at Christmas, is it the gifts that you get that make you the happiest or is it the things you give away? 
Jesus is inviting every single one of us on these journeys. And here's number four. You've heard me say this one before because I'm so committed to it. Takeaway number four is every single one of us have the opportunity to be part of a miracle. What happened that day on that mountainside off of the Sea of Galilee was a miracle. Absolute God miracle, something that only he could do. The crowd, they saw the miracle. The disciples, they experienced the miracle. But the boy, the boy was part of the miracle. And every single one of us, at all of our locations, we have to make that decision inside. Who do we wanna be? Do we just wanna be the people who receive miracles? Things just get done on our behalf. Do we wanna be people who experience them? Where we get to be distributors of somebody else's sacrifice? Or do we wanna be the people who actually participate with God and become part of the miracle? And I think deep down inside, I believe this, our church wants to be a church of people who don't just watch them, who don't just experience them, but people who participate in them. So here's what I want you to do this week. One, I want all of you to trust God with something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but I want you to trust him in one small way and see if in that step of faith, your relationship with him doesn't get stronger and maybe you get a land of sea moment. I want you to start that journey. Second thing is if you have a land of sea story, share it. Go to thecrossing.net slash land of sea and share that story so that other people can benefit from it. John shared that story and you and I are beneficiaries of it. What's the story that God's been writing in your heart and in your life? Those of you who want to, I want you to go there and I want you to read those stories and be nourished by them. Number three, third takeaway. And I need everybody, I need everybody. I've only got like two minutes left. Come on, ready? I'm so excited about this. How many of you have ever been at a drive-thru at your favorite, uh, favorite you know, coffee shop or your favorite fast food restaurant and somebody paid for your meal? It happens to me all the time literally all the time. And that's probably because I'm just there all the time. Like if you just go to McDonald's or Wendy's like, you know, nine times a week, chances are someone, yeah. And when it happens, doesn't it just light you up? Oh, woo, should order two Big Macs. Man, you just get, I'll have another Coke, right? You just get so excited, it lights you up. I'm in other towns and there'll be somebody who like pay for my meal and then I'll start honking at them the wave. See you at church. I'm like, you're not even in the same town. It just how and it lights me up. Here's what I want to do. I want us to light this place up all over all of our communities. What I want you to do right now, everybody is living through their drive through window. Everybody, you can't go to restaurants, you still gotta spend your money. So people are just constantly going through McDonald's, their stock price is up, Hardee's is up, Arby's is up, everybody's, everybody's eating fast food. So I know you're eating it. So here's what I want you to do. For the next week, every time you go out to go through a drive-through, whether it's a coffee shop or whether it's a, a restaurant, I want you to pay for the person behind you across this entire region. 
10,000 square miles every time a crossing person. And for those of you watching online, who knows wherever you're watching from, but I want you to do it. And I want us to spin our community's heads all the way around. What is happening? I want the people who are working the window, trying to remember how to keep track of what all's been happening, like which I'm on five cars down. We gotta swipe this credit card for the fifth card because two crossing people went down, so now I gotta carry the car times two. To my, I want that uh, because I want our entire region to feel loved. I wanna give them a little joy. Right now, our government's trying to decide how they're gonna navigate the terms of the next stimulus package. Now, a stimulus package is them just giving us our money back because boy, do we pay a lot of taxes, right? But so that's one thing. Well, we don't have to wait on them to, for them to stimulate our economy. We can stimulate our economy with joy. We can start blessing all the people around us. In case you're wondering what I mean, here's what I mean. From Kirksville all the way to Keokuk, from Monmouth all the way to Mount Sterling, from Macomb all the way to Jacksonville, from Lima all the way to Hannibal, from 929 all the way to Pike County, and from Quincy, to all of you watching online, I want us to unleash a wave of generosity. I want everybody in all of our communities to wonder what is going on. And you know what I wonder? I wonder how many of you are gonna be part of somebody else's land of sea story. I keep thinking about that person who's gonna go to a fast food restaurant every week and every time they go, their meal's paid for. And they're going, what is happening? They just start ordering extra chicken nuggets, believing in faith that God is gonna provide. I, I want that, and I think, I think, I think you want that too. That's the kind of church you wanna be a part of. That's the kind of love that you wanna have for other people. Now, we're not gonna just go through a mundane drive-through window. We're gonna believe in miraculous appointments. Now, if you think that that's cool, if you think, man, look what God did with a Happy Meal. If you think that's cool, you should see what God can do when someone puts their life in his hands. I've seen that one over and over and over again. I've seen people who look at themselves and like, I'm just not much. I'm like three pieces of bread and one fish. Like, I'm just not that much, God. And I've seen him say, try me. I've seen it. How many of you, that's your land to see story. You put your life in his hands and he started doing things that only he can do with it. He can do wonders with it. He can heal marriages, overcome addictions, restore broken relationships. He can give purpose to the purposeless, hope to the hopeless. And when a person comes to Jesus and says, here I am, God, I'm putting my life in your hands, you know what he does? He gives thanks for it. And then he begins to bless people with it. And I'm hoping you'll allow him to do it with you. We're moving to a time of decision. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.